This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Thanks, disability hot girl voice. This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie. And I'm the ever adjusting myself to get myself in a more comfortable position, Robert. Oh, God. Man. <laughs> That's, that's only for our view. That's only for our video audience. That's way too much, man. <laughs> it's a holiday system. Give them, give them what they want. Give them what they want. <laughs> we got a, we got a guest. <laughs> we, we do. We really do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, we're having too much fun over here. We have a great guest who yeah. is literally all over the place with so many fascinating things that he's going to talk to us about today. His name, he, his name is Stephen, but he does a show that you may be familiar with, which we hope you're very familiar with. Of well, course, now that you're on this podcast, well, now that you're on with us, come yeah. on, world famous, yeah, uh, <laughs> the Stingray Show, and you have a really wonderful background of sports casting and everything like that and talking to this world of of sports talk to us a little bit about your background and and how you got into this just talking sports it's just a cool thing to be able to be able to do right to really be passionate about absolutely well guys thank you first off for having me on the show uh, it's always a pleasure to uh, converse with people because that's what we do Woo! in the sports media business we converse. Uh, but let me just go ahead real quickly and tell you my story. Uh, I started out uh, with a broadcast news degree, sports broadcasting from the University of Alabama in 2010. Uh, so uh, yeah, roll tide. Uh, but I actually, you know, I'm unbiased uh, because of my show. Uh, but the, re- the one way that I actually got to fame uh, was that uh, when the when Paul Feinbaum signed on the SEC network, he said, we would like for you, uh, our viewers, we would like to have a representative from all 14 SEC schools. Uh, so I thought, well, I have a sports broadcasting degree. And at that time, I was a Mississippi State fan. Uh, so I actually started hooting and hollering and doing rants online uh, for Mississippi State. Uh, I, you know, I, you guys may have seen me. I was the one who was standing there uh, in front of the picture of Davis Wade Stadium screaming, we are Mississippi State. Fear the bells. Uh, that one actually that one actually got over 330,000 views in a week. Wow. Uh, so, so from there, it, my, my stingray just grew. I got to meet Paul Feinbaum, actually be on the show live twice. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it, it, things kind of went south just a little bit. Uh, and and I'll, I'll go into that if you would like for me to. Please, please, please. We want to hear this. I want to hear this. (laughs) Okay. All right. So uh, back in, I would say, 2017, I was asked uh, to come out to Los Angeles to be on Tosh.0. Daniel Tosh actually reached out and uh, he was like, would you, we would like to do a celebrity profile on you. Uh, So I went out to L.A., And uh, I absolutely loved it, did the show. It was outstanding. That was in September of 2017. Well, in November of 2017, when it aired, the Mississippi State fans, you know, it was on Comedy Central, but they took it serious. And they thought that, you know, that, that we were taking shots at Mississippi State 
So the Mississippi State fans actually started to bully me and fat shame me on social media, saying that I needed to uh, cut ties with Mississippi State because I was advancing my own brand uh, at the expense of Mississippi State, and it got pretty nasty. So I pretty much just left my fandom of Mississippi State aside and moved on. Uh, And since then, I've actually lost 122 pounds uh, doing diet and exercise because of all of that turmoil uh, that happened because of that. That's insane. That is crazy, dude. Wow. I mean, good for you to to come out of the adversity with a positive, right? I mean, so so what happened after that? I mean, now you're in this position of, okay, I've lost my fan base. I kind of. Maybe not completely, right? Because people right. are going to follow you no matter what. I mean, let's not be, you know, they, they like you as a person. Okay, you, you know, they get that it's a joke. Yes. And then you move on. You've lost the weight. You're in a better place. Now what? You know, what happens next to you, right? Uh, well, actually, I decide that I need to start a video cast. And I start going through who could potentially be my guests or, you know, who could be the host with me. And uh, I actually reached out to one of my Mississippi State friends who actually stayed with me through everything. Uh, And um, he, like I said, he is a former CSS host. Uh, That was the original SEC network on uh, on um, not it wasn't on satellite, but it was on cable. And so I reached out to him. We started the show. Uh, We're actually through show number 21 right now. So we're, we're a work in progress, but, you know, we're slowly but surely building uh, into our, our own little thing. And uh, our show, actually, uh, we have our own little niche uh, because we do ours off of Restream. Uh, so we're able to show highlights while people are talking you know, about specific plays, specific players and specific, uh, you know, highlights and, and breaking down and analysts. So uh, we show highlights and that kind of stuff. So my question to you would be just, you know, now that you're here, let's, right. let's take back like what, like what got, what like sticks out in your mind when you think about memories? For me, like memories of like being, um, you know, attached to sports and like following football, college football, especially. But I followed the pro game first with my father. And I could tell you the first game I watched was, the Super Bowl between Dallas and Pittsburgh in the 70s. And I was following Dallas that whole year. And I remember, I believe it was Staubach threw a pass in the end zone to Jackie Slater and he drops the pass in the end zone, right? Right. And like, I just remember like that, just like that image still resonates with me. Like I've, I've watched all the Super Bowls since. And, right. uh, and in college football, you kind of have like a little bit more passion. So, and when I think about college football, the one, the one game that I think about that I never miss, which is army Navy every year. Yes. And some people say, Oh, it's a boring game. I'm like, but they're using the exact same plays against each other. Like they're right. both running the triple option. They're both running the same defense. So it's literally the best man wins in that scenario. Right. Yes. And um, there's always, and you know, there's always that heavy heart at the end, you know, it's always the last game that these guys are going to play. So that to me, like just the, the passion and like the attachment that you kind of make with that, like the emotional attachment, 
kind of draws me to sports. What draws you to, to sports like football? Well, actually, there are two examples, uh, just like you said, uh, that really uh, ring home with me. One of them was I got to be and watch it in person, uh, the number two versus number three Mississippi State hosting Auburn, uh, the year that they ultimately catapulted up to the number one spot. Uh, Auburn had come in. They were undefeated. They were heavily ranked and heavily favored. And then Mississippi State ultimately took them to the woodshed 38-24. So that was an exciting, exciting game uh, because of all of the college game day was in Starkville uh, for the first time ever uh, for that ball game. So, I mean, it was just a, a, a different feel. Uh, And then the other one uh, was this past December, actually a year ago at this time, uh, I actually got to go to my first uh, college football playoff game between uh, LSU and Oklahoma and actually being able to see uh, the, the, uh, you know, the uh, boomer schooner or whatever they call it running Mm -hmm. out of the tunnel. uh, And then, of course, the uh, the fight song boomer center being played. You know, how many times do you get to see and Oklahoma stuff here in the South. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's you, you don't get to see that. So that really stuck out. And then, of course, how exciting and, and how good of a football team was LSU last year with Joe Burrow and, uh, you know, Ed Orgeron in that passing offense. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And that's really what it's about, right? I mean, it's like seeing such yeah. a team like that really kind of make it into their own and have such passion. Yeah. And again, it comes back to the fans really at the end of the day, you know, having a solid a solid fight song, a solid group of people to get behind it. And a little little spectacle. Let's, let's not fool right. ourselves. We like a little spectacle. Yeah. Um, they really kind of had that going for them last year. And it was like a great way to see that that holiday spirit. You're kind of at the end of the year. You're kind of wearing down on life a little bit you're like okay the holidays around the corner you kind of see that you can really kind of just let it all go for a moment and just enjoy the revelry if you will something like that so that's a really exciting game to be able to be a part of so i can see why your passion for it is so strong so so talk to me about now that you're in this and you're getting yourself back onto the the field if you will right from where you were to where you're wanting wanting to be now What's the drive for you? What's your what's your next what's your goal? What do you want to prove or what do you want to show people that you're able to do with what you're doing now, what you're moving towards? Well, I would actually really like to uh, make this a job, a profession. So this is one of the ways that you do this is that you, you know, be a broadcaster and you put yourself out there. You make contacts and that kind of stuff, Uh, because I'll be honest with you, you know, when I was overweight, you know, doing the hooting and the hollering and, and all that stuff, yeah, I mean, that was great and all, but but nobody's really going to take you serious until you really buckle down and go, okay, that was the fun side of Stingray. Now, this is the knowledgeable side of Steve and Ray. So, you kind of have to go, Stingray was funny and over the top and hilarious, but but then, you know, if you're hooting and hollering, and, and being exciting, nobody's really going to take you serious until you sit down and go, okay, well, I think this team is going to win because X, Y, and Z. Right, really get, you're able to get in there with the analysis yeah. and, and yes. show your chops at the, the sports. Put your degree to Correct. work a little bit, right? I mean, you got at the end of the day, you, you right. pay for the yeah. darn thing, you might as well make it work for you. I know that feeling. Right. <laughs> so d- definitely, but, but you know, pe- people, now, what I've learned 
is that if you're hooting and hollering and I mean, it, yeah, it's funny and you laugh, but just like, am I really going to watch a show with him screaming the whole time? No, I'm not. But if you have somebody that's like really knows what they're doing and, and has a has a knack for it and is really, really knowledgeable and really entertaining, too, then you're obviously going to watch it. And a little hooting and hollering on the side, just in yes. case. You know, every once, yes. every once in a while, it's, it's bring that side back, but it's mostly yes. serious. But every once in a while, there's a little hooting and hollering. Why right. not? Right? Cool. You know? Yes, correct. I mean, I think that's our formula, right? Anyway, it's, it's basically yeah. what we do. A lot of serious with a little hooting and hollering. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever have you ever had the moment like it hits you like, wow, I'm actually doing something I really enjoy. It's sports. Like, when do you ever like have that fan moment like? oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening type moment. Yeah, uh, because like I said before, before we were uh, talking uh, here just a, a little while ago, uh, probably about last week or the week before, uh, we had Tom Luganville from ESPN on our show, and I was really excited about that. And then this past Tuesday, uh, not to brag or anything, but we were very lucky to have Timmy B, Tim Brando, come on the show. And he actually opened the show when I introduced him with, uh, you know, I've always wanted to converse and meet the Stingray, and now I get to. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, he knows who I am. I was just <laughs> like, wow. And Oh, uh, man, and, that's hilarious. That's so cool, though. And, dude, I, I got to be honest with you. We did not know. We did not give him a time limit. We thought it was going to be a twenty-minute interview. Tim Brando went on our show for an hour and a half. We were just floored. Oh. I mean, we just we just let him talk, and we're just like, "Wow, this is awesome." That's amazing. That See, that's is we. So awesome. <laughs> it is so awesome. That's... And I mean... so, so when you get when you you know get people like that that you see every day on tv and they kind of know who you are it's kind of like wow okay this is this is awesome you got to take a step back and, and just really you know kind of excite be excited for a minute oh yeah no absolutely have those those nerd moments um yes. we've, we've definitely have that i mean you know Ernie's over there nerding out in the background. He's freaking out in his mind because you're as you're as close to sportscaster famous as he's ever gonna get. Let's let's not fool ourselves, Ernie. We love you, but we know for a fact and we, we hey, talk my, to my claim to fame though is that I grew up <laughs> at the same time in the same area as uh Danny Warple. All right. Awesome man. Yeah, so he went to Beach <laughs> High School. I went to Niceville Senior High School. We ran the same circles. And right. when I saw him playing on TV, I'm like, that's Danny. I'm like, no way that's Danny. And yeah. sure enough, it was Danny. You know, yes. oh my gosh, it's Danny. <laughs> right. Uh, and by the way, uh, let me just go ahead and do this for you, bud. <laughs> and you know, while I'm doing that is because uh, Mississippi State's former defensive coordinator is now the head coach down there, Manny Diaz. Uh, and wow. I, you know, Manny Diaz was a really good uh, you know, coordinator at, there at Mississippi State. And I actually have a signed cowbell uh, by Manny Diaz. Uh, oh, that's, that's fantastic. Awesome. Let me tell you, when, we, oh. when the University of Miami got him, I said before the season started, it's going to change everything here. Yes. And the whole culture changed. 
We became relevant. We went on that 10-0 run with Mark right. Rick at the helm. And I mean, granted, since then we we haven't done that great. But I think I think just his energy and like uh, like the passion, like what right. we were talking about before, just having the passion and like being there and being out in front. Um, yeah, I, I definitely I definitely see see it coming together quite soon. I mean, we've gone on a pretty yes. good run. We we've only we lost to the best team in the country. I'm just going to say and, that. And can I also say this too? And I think you will agree with me is that this year uh, the ACC pretty much gave uh, Miami the middle finger because now, like you said, you've got guys got only one loss, but now everybody's kind of writing off Miami and everybody's talking about Notre Dame and Clemson. And it's just like, well, hey, we're sitting there with only one loss. What about us? Yeah. Well, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is what your thoughts were when Ohio State never snapped the ball and was ranked third. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that one because, I mean, what uh, what, what? metric – Yeah, sorry. What do, what? You have I mean... to, what do you have to see – to place them there. I mean, are you basing it on last season? Are you basing it in the off season? I mean, and plus there's not enough games. They haven't played enough to judge them against the Texas A&M, a Clemson, a Notre Dame. So, I mean, I really don't like this committee and the way they're doing things right now. It's always such a fascinating thing because that makes it is like literally the most important thing is this yes. what they say. It's like yes. universities gain or lose huge amounts. And let's not even talk money. Let's talk about student population. Let's talk about education yeah. for these for these and for the for these students at the end of the day. Let's right. go there. And they gain and lose by what these guys say. Right. Because and, and look, this would have been a perfect year for them to go, okay, for one year, we're going to try and, and expand it to eight because the Pac-12 hasn't played that many games. The Big Ten hasn't played that many games. But the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC started earlier, so they have a lot more work that we can look at other than the other two conferences. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like everything has shifted. You guys need to shift a little with the current trend. And yes. you're just going to alienate people at the end of the day who are following you guys if you keep up a yes. trend like this, where you're not yes. – you're just – it's like picking out of a hat at some point you almost feel. you know. At least right. this year, it's like you guys aren't choosing people based on merit. You're not looking, as you said, at bodies yep. of work. You're basing it on, on names. Yeah. <sighs> At that, at the end of the day, I mean, it's, I, I and, 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 and and let me say this too: if you're basic basing it off of name recognition, uh, think about a couple years ago uh, when we had, uh, I think it was four or five years in a row, we had uh, Cavs and Golden State, Cavs, Golden State. Well, after about the third time, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm not watching that finals anymore, right? Because you knew you knew who was going to win. I mean, you need some new blood in there to make it interesting. Kind of like last year was so refreshing when you had LSU in there where you didn't have to talk about Dabo and Saban, Dabo and Saban. I mean, yeah, that's great. But after a while, that does kind of get boring for everybody else. Right. And you got so many solid teams out there. It's like, 
you know, yes. mix it up a little bit so the audience is at least pleased. And look, you're talking yes. about people's careers here at the end of the day too. These 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 students that are going out there and putting blood, sweat, and tears on the line. It's not like some of them are just slacking. These guys are all right. working hard. You know, the conferences and the big league look at these guys. They look at these ratings. Yep. They look at the rankings. They sometimes overlook what the players actually doing on the field and look at the rankings instead. It's yes. like, you got to look at the numbers, guys. You can't just yeah. go off these guys' opinions and make a decision on people based off that, you know? And I'll give you a good example of that is this year, early in the preseason, even before these teams took a snap, Penn State was ranked sixth in the country. Where are they right now? They've got two wins. Two yeah. wins, and they were ranked sixth in the country. Yeah, do you, do you give me a break? Do you perceive because like like you said, it's kind of refreshing because like I remember when they got away from the the BCS computer system, which I thought was was pretty bad for a while, and it was like shortly after that we started seeing more interesting matchups. And I don't know if you're if you're a firm believer in this, but there's some people who are like they love dynasties, so they love the the Bama dynasty, and before that they love the Florida State dynasty. You know, the Miami dynasty, you know, you keep going back through yep. all the different ages. But like to me, like I love seeing that, you know, that game that, for instance, Boise State playing Oklahoma and there's yes. Adrian Peterson on the sideline and they do the Statue of Liberty play to win the game. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, like, would you ever see that if, if Oklahoma was playing, I don't know, Texas? You know what no. I mean? You would never see anything like that. And do you, do you foresee like, do you, do you think that they're just going to hold on to this and just keep the whole, like, it's a legacy, we got to keep the Notre Dames, we got to keep those guys? Or do you see it, like, morphing into maybe we throw in an East Carolina, you know, or a North At the Carolina. end of the day, it's all about, about the money uh, because of that. And I feel like that that's going to be a bad future for college football because you're going to get a lot of people that are going to tune out because it's the same teams over and over and over again. It's like it's like kicking a it's like beating a dead horse at that point for the audience. For them, they're making as you said, they're making the money. That's what they're really after. They're going to get the sponsorship. They're going to get the blah blah blah. But for us, the audience watching it we're just getting the same show over and over again and how long can that last see right. for me i would like to see the more deserving teams like fight it out right but i understand yes. it's like college and it's a tradition you know this conference has played this conference and it's like this backroom handshake you know we set the schedule so far in advance but i would just love to see like you know maybe like a washington like matchup against you know um in Iowa or something like that. Yes. I mean, just because of the contrasting style and play and things like that. Um, but I don't know if that will ever happen. Like you said, it is about money. Um, I know they're trying to level the playing field by paying the players, but yeah, but that's, that a, whole really other, that's a whole other controversy there. I've, yeah. I've heard that controversy, but it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, they're not even, a lot of these players aren't even legal. Like, what are you doing guys it's it's yes. such a gray area it's such a gray area and it's not Definitely. a bad thing they should be play and they should be paid don't get me wrong because at the end of the day these they're they're playing a sport and at this point their image and everything they're doing is making somebody else money i mean yes. let's not fool ourselves you know at the end of the day so that is that is a challenge yeah um for them 
So I wanted to change it just slightly over and Ernie talk to us a little bit about, and Stingray, Steve, talk to us a little bit about Godzilla. Man, I, I don't know about you, but I'm really excited about the Godzilla versus Kong. The only thing is I would really like to go ahead and see a trailer. Mm. <laughs> I, all I see is a lot of stuff on the interwebs, you know, a little conjecture yes. here, there. Like this is a mock-up of like the, like the chef. I think there was like some sort of teaser and it was like only like eight seconds long or something like that. And you got to see like the back of Kong, I think. And you heard yes. the roar of Godzilla, I think, but that was about it. But I keep reading the stuff and I hate when I do this, I fall down the, the Reddit holes, you know, and, right. and I hear what people are saying. So this latest one was Kong versus Godzilla. And it's based on Godzilla, King of the Monsters. So Godzilla is really huge and they're heading toward Kong Island, uh, Skull yes. Island. Because Kong never really leaves Skull Island. Basically, everything seems to come to him. So Godzilla somehow goes there. But in the time that I want to say the first Kong movie with uh, Samuel L. Jackson, I think he aged another, what, 50 years? Yes. So now he can stand eye to eye with Godzilla at this point. Yes. What what do you think that's going to be like? Let me ask you that. Like, when you think of that, what do you think it's going to be like? Man, I just hope it's better than the Japanese version uh, because they really didn't do Godzilla any favors because they were really favoring Kong. And, of course, they ultimately let Kong win. Uh, so hopefully our guy can win this time. <laughs> Man, did, what did you think about the Netflix series? Did you ever watch the Godzilla? I didn't. No. Oh, okay. That one was kind of different because they, it was like they basically said Godzilla took over the earth, humankind left, and they turned around and decided to come back, and Kong just kept growing and growing and growing. So, like, right. essentially, they're trying to beat Godzilla, but I lost track of it because it got way, way too right. crazy for me. Um, but I seem to, like, go back to, like, the, uh, the original Japanese version when I watched Kong and Godzilla fight, and I, and I was kind of sad to see Godzilla lose because all you saw was Kong like coming out of the water. Yes. Like, you just make the assumption that he won. Yes. But we really don't know. Right. Uh, and, and I'll say this too, you know, with Godzilla King of the Monsters with Rodan and Mothra and King Ghidorah in it last time, uh, the network, not the network, the uh, production company was, uh, you know, whining and crying about, well, nobody went and saw this movie, yada, yada, yada. Well, my goodness, guys, if you would promote it better, more people would come. I mean, they, they promote out the wazoo, Captain America, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. But when it comes to Godzilla, you may maybe get... Uh, a commercial before 30 days before it comes out on TV, and that's pretty much it. Well, that's I mean, you've got to promote it more if you want people outside of the realm of Godzilla to come see it. Yeah, because you got the diehard fans already. They're going to go see it. And it was a beautiful right. film as far as that goes. It was really well yes. done. It was a visual masterpiece. It's, I mean, maybe masterpiece is a little excessive, but down that road, mm -hmm. in, the, in that vein, right? Um, yeah. When you compare to where Godzilla and the Godzilla movies have been, 
right, right. to where they are. And that's what people want to see. That's what they want to see. But if you aren't yes. in the lore of it and you don't get that, you're not going to get it. You need a little bit right. more information, you know? Yes. Well, that's a good point you brought up because the other Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick, that was everywhere. Like Taco Bell had it yes. on everything. It was on every billboard, every bus, every every bus stop, uh, if yes. I remember correctly. And they even had a song. And, and yes, all, it, it's, it's a good song. I still listen to that song, actually. Right. <laughs> So, so now so now with this new movie like i i barely see any of it but like do you think like this is something that could possibly if all right so my hopes are that they do it right and it picks up a, a bigger audience what what yes. are your hopes from this uh that they continue to make godzilla movies uh because are there any other ones in the works that we know of i mean there maybe there's some rumors out there but hopefully that he doesn't go dormant for another 20 years i mean because that's that's pretty much what what I, I fear is because they haven't done so well that they're going to say okay well this is the last uh movie that we're going to do for a while i still think it's relevant man because that just brings me back to my childhood i remember right I remember seeing it on a Saturday, like afternoon, watching those watching those movies like every week. Yes. And they were so much fun. And uh, I remember getting a couple of the toys. Uh, right. I, I was I didn't have enough money to get like the really nice, uh, elaborate models and everything else. But um, man, that's just so much of my childhood, and just to see it all come back again. And I thought I thought the last movie was was really well done. Left yes. it open, and I remember watching the end credits, and I was like. Oh my gosh, they're going to make another one. I can't wait. Yes. And uh, let's go back to the Toho, uh, you know, company for a minute, the original Japanese. Uh, what were your thoughts about Shin Godzilla? I actually did not like that film because it didn't focus for me more on Godzilla. It focused on all of the people running around the meetings and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was like Godzilla was an after, after like, yes. a, like a side story all of its own. Almost uh, a backdrop to the story. Yeah, yes. It, it, um, to me, like the better ones were definitely more like centered on him. You yes. Know, um, more or less like looking at it as like, you know, kind of like the, uh, like the, like the sad hero almost, right? Right. Like everyone hates him. Everyone wants to get rid of him. But then something comes along and they're like, oh, you've got to help us, Godzilla. You yes. Know? And it's like, like I've, I sometimes feel bad for them in those movies, man. But, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, and, and, and another thing, too, um, with Shin Godzilla, went, I don't know about down there, uh, but when it came here uh, in, in, in Alabama, uh, the, they didn't dub it over so it was still in japanese language and you had to read the subtitles to know what was going on that was really really uh a a bad thing for them to do oh no they, we had the dubbed over here we yeah, had we did okay. the dub. yeah which makes it again you have to think about your audience right because you're you're talking about two different groups you have the people that are yes. dedicated because one of my biggest issues and it's not just godzilla it's any foreign language movie is that when you dub it versus the subtitles, yes, it changes. Yes. And I get some of the mouth movements and the verbal and blah, blah. I get that. But right. in some cases, you're literally changing the entire meaning of what's being said. 
significantly. Yeah. And yeah. for Godzilla, where there's a huge amount of lore and you're deciding the direction that lore is going to take for a whole new generation of people. You're not taking right. some anime. I mean, not nothing against our anime fans. I know we have a base of those guys. Hi. Right. But yes. for Godzilla, this is a legacy product. This right. isn't a hero you can just kind of whatever you know no right. you have something here you right. have a, a legacy a legend that goes back i mean we're talking what 60 70 years i mean yes you can't just Definitely. fool around with that you right. know um and keeping people's expectations at the right level has a lot to do with right. what you're saying about who he is what the backstory is and how much you're sticking to that story right right because you take and, a legacy character like that right and how much memorabilia and stuff do you guys have of Godzilla? Ooh. I, I know I know Ernie has more than I. I think I have a couple of the smaller action figures from back in the day. Smalls. I got the smalls. I got, you know. I got the little ones myself. I don't have anything big because I just don't have the space, unfortunately, right. for them. But I know that they had those full body, like the full models. Right. What do you, what do you, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to show off. And say you have uh, well, a couple of I things. have a ton of the actual <laughs> original movie posters oh. that I've actually bought, uh, whether it be at an antique store or at uh, – I actually have a two uh, right over here. I'll turn my computer over here in just a second. Two uh, actual large-scale uh, movie posters. One of them I found outside of a video rental store that had gone out of business in Orange Beach. It was just sitting there, and I was like, okay, well, uh, if nobody's going to take this, then I'll be <laughs> sure you had to take it. Oh, uh, and then the other one I was given to uh, when Movie Gallery went out. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I always wanted to have a movie poster collection but i never had the wall space for it and right. it's such a hard thing to get a hold of these days like the full size the real ones yes those are so difficult to come by and so hard to get so you have two of them very yes. impressive right I, I, have to, I have to believe though that i believe that's going to be one of those art collectible things i think those things are works of art you know when they commission those artists to like you know make those movie posters it's amazing yes. how they do it conceptually. All right, so we're 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 gonna, we're gonna get a chance here. We're gonna, we're gonna get a sneak preview. You know, to move yourself that way. <laughs> we're yes. on baited press. Uh, as a matter of fact, hold on, hold on one second. Let me grab <laughs> yeah. these down here. Awesome. See, see, this is what we get, Ernie. We get the collectors. This is awesome. <laughs> oh my God! Look at amazing. that. Amazing. That is so uh, Godzilla versus Megalon. That is the actual original one. Oh my, oh gosh. my gosh! When is that? When was that movie? That was like. Uh, that was actually in uh oh shoot seventy three I think nineteen seventy three. That's insane, dude. That's like my childhood right there. Walking I... by the movie theater. Oh God, I remember Dora. that one. Oh, that is so awesome. Oh, yep. that is amazing. All right, and then let me go over here and get this one. Hold on. I got to take this one off the wall. This one is probably going to be worth a lot of money. Oh, got to love it. It's 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 like we're on that, uh, that Mark Hamill show where he goes to people and sees their collections. Oh, yeah, their collection of toys. We're yeah. that guy. We're those guys now. You see? You see what we're becoming? This is awesome. 
This is Godzilla versus Megalon. I don't know if you guys can see it or not. It's yeah, no, weird. we can totally see and it. This one, this one is actually in German. <gasps> no oh, yeah, way. look at that. Oh, my gosh. That is so... And it's all, all of the writing is in German. Right, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, my Where gosh. the heck did you get that? Uh, it was just at an antique store. And uh, let's see if I got the price still on it. Uh, it was twelve ninety nine. Nobody oh, knew what they had, so it was just like, "Yes, I'm getting it." That's amazing. Like, this is one of those once in a lifetime finds that you're like, "Yeah, you can't walk away from the store." You can't. You can't walk away without that. I mean, you have to take that with you. You can't leave that poor thing. Definitely. To go unappreciated. That's amazing. Those are so cool. That's I love amazing. the the uniqueness of the size too. Like you think full movie yes. poster. You're not sure what you're expecting, but those are definitely just like, wow. Those are just right. so cool, and they're just this perfect size to put on a wall. Yes. And then <laughs> let, me, let me move my computer over here, and I'll show you the full-fledged ones. Oh, my God. The... God here we go. Here we go. Ready? We're going to go we Ernie, when he moves us. <laughs> Give go me over. a second, guys. Yeah, no, go go right ahead. We're too busy enjoying ourselves over here. <laughs> so, so if you guys are, are are listening on the podcast, you need to go check out our YouTube channel. So you That's can amazing. These works of art. That is fantastic. I've oh, got the Godzilla 1985 and the Godzilla uh, to 2014. Wow, I love those. And it's oh. such a nice comparison and contrast between the two movies. Right. I mean, heck, in some ways, I think I like the 85 poster better. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then, of course, um, up here, I've got some of my figures, and the majority of those roar and light up. That's uh, basically my stuff. That's a, it's a lot of my stuff uh, lights up and roars. That's oh, cool. So cool. Now, the figures, what, were those more difficult to find than the posters? Do you feel the posters were definitely, more difficult? Definitely, definitely, because I had to buy a bunch of these off of eBay. Fair enough. Where well, you're not going to get them otherwise. If if you don't have them on eBay, you're not going to get this some of the stuff. Right. Uh, let me let me just show you my favorite one though. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring one out. <laughs> this one right here. Uh, this one is actually from the Destroy All Monsters one, mm. and. Turn him on. I don't know if you guys can see or not. <laughs> well, we definitely can hear it. That's the roar. Uh, oh, wow. It lights up too. Yes, the fans light up and his mouth lights oh, up too. That's so cool. Look at that, Ernie. Reliving your childhood all over again. That is so cool. That is. Yep. And then I recently, uh, for Christmas, uh, just right up here, above my head, right up there, uh, mm -hmm. they actually just recently came out with a Godzilla humidifier, which <laughs> actually uh, puts, puts water out its mouth, and it looks like it's blowing smoke out of its mouth. And it lights, up, it lights up, it roars, and it plays music. Oh, that is that's awesome. It's totally worth it. Oh yeah, totally, absolutely, one hundred percent worth it. Yes, definitely. And it wasn't, but a like, but a like ninety bucks. I mean, it wasn't that expensive. Not for a humidifier, too. I mean, it's Godzilla no, and a humidifier. You get the best yes. of both. Yes. So let me let me ask you this: Godzilla okay. has been around in visual media for yeah. ages. 
have you delved into any of the written or the comic book form or are you a movie godzilla you gotta see uh, it. movie and then uh video games because i currently uh, like the ps4 uh video game that came out 2014 2015 that game is pretty awesome and you can actually play people online two or oh, three monsters oh, really? that yeah dude that game is definitely worth the get that's, there you go. Another one for the collection, or another one yes. for the collection. <laughs> uh, so you're looking for something new to play. Uh, it's nothing like the ones that were on Xbox. The ones that mm. were on Xbox, you could not play online. Uh, these, this one, you can. And there's like, I think there's like 18 different monsters that you can choose from. Uh, and the Gigan uh, is of the Final Wars Gigan with the uh, scissor hands and the one with chainsaws. Wow. Yes, that was pretty awesome. That is amazing. Oh my God. See, see Ernie, gift ideas. It's all we it's all we need. It is the season for everyone out there. This is this is what we need. By the way, I don't know if you heard this or not, Ernie. Uh, but uh they're actually thinking about making another Godzilla game based off of Godzilla versus Kong. That is in the works as well. Please let this happen. Please. Take, yes. take everything else, please. Yes. I have something to live for now. And there you wow. go. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, it's amazing too. You have two so you know, so two different worlds that you're so passionate about. Right. You know, you have your personal your nerd collection of your Godzilla yes. love, and you got this beautiful broadcasting sports thing that you're right. just re-getting back into and really building out your your passion there. Have you ever found a convergence between these two or are they really just two separate worlds and they're just just your passions? Two separate worlds in my passions. <laughs> now, I will say this too. Uh, I mentioned this to you guys earlier too. I'm also a weather nerd too. Uh, so what I've started to do uh, now, of course, we haven't had anything here recently, uh, but uh, what now? Darn. Yeah, we haven't had much to talk about here recently, uh, but, you know, we're here in the South, we're here, and I'm here in Alabama. Uh, so, of course, we have two different tornado seasons. Uh, so, basically, what I do is I have started providing severe weather coverage and tornado coverage for my followers and fans on social media. So, anytime there is a severe weather event coming up, uh, I usually put out two videos a day, and then on the day of the severe weather, anytime a tornado warning pops up for a big town like Jackson, Tuscaloosa, or Birmingham, or any place like that, I will go on Facebook and provide severe weather coverage because I have a program uh, that can actually let me pull up a radar full screen. I do radar scope, and I track the severe weather for you guys on social media. That's impressive. That's awesome. Because because what we realized uh, in the weather world with April 27th, which was a, a generational tornado outbreak, was a lot of the people who had their homes destroyed but survived were like, well, we were on social media, but we don't have TV, and nobody really pushed it on the social media side. So I thought, well, I have a pretty, you know, a, a decent amount of following. Uh, and so, you know, tornadoes are deadly. And with millennials, they're all right here on, on these devices. 
So why not put the severe weather right there on Twitter, on Facebook and tell them, you know, watch me. Don't go turn on the TV. Don't go turn on the radio because there's a tornado warning. Here it is right here in front of you. And this is where you need to go. This is what you need to do and that kind of stuff. Which is so crucial because these days, I mean, because we're down here in Florida and right. we get the severe storms too. Ours are a little, they're not as, as what they say, they're not as sudden as tornadoes. Let's put it right. that way. You have some yeah. time to prepare for hurricanes, not the same yeah. thing. But it's still a matter of if you lose power, what's more likely to have happen? Are you right. more likely to be able to watch a TV or be in front of a, a phone? You know, right. where are you physically? Even if you know it's coming, it's still a matter of being updated right. where it is, if it's actually heading your way or not, you know, that kind of thing. I check my phone for that kind of stuff. I don't right. go look at the TV or turn on the news. And, 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 and what differs me from uh, anybody else is that before I went into sports broadcasting, uh, growing up, middle school, high school, I wanted to be a meteorologist. And so I interned uh, in with a weathered a TV station and different weather people for about 10 years. So I know my ins and outs of the weather. I'm not just some yokel local. Uh, I actually know my weather stuff. So that's another uh, good thing, too, for me doing this online. That is impressive. Now, in your in your in your time in like following this and, and your passion in meteorology, I know in tornadoes, it's what uh, category uh, you go one to five. Is that right? Yes. One to five. Yes. Okay. So well, well, I'm sorry. EF zero to five. Zero to five. Okay. Yes. What's the, and I know you probably get this a lot. What's the strongest one you yourself have covered in your, in your tenure? Uh, two, two EF fours. Uh, and both of those were actually uh, on one of them uh, was the first night that I actually did a severe weather coverage on social media. Uh, it was actually Easter Sunday of this past year. Uh, and one went through uh, South Mississippi in the Pine Belt of Mississippi, about 20 miles to the north of Hattiesburg. Uh, and then uh, two weeks later, another EF4 went about 10 miles south of Hattiesburg, and I covered both of them, and they're on my uh, Periscope account. Nice. What, what type of power is generated for something like that? Like, what are we looking at, like, destruction? Um, EF4 can literally lift your house off of its foundation and wipe it clean. That's insane. And there's no yeah. such thing as tornado proofing a house. I mean, that just doesn't exist, right? No. I mean, you but, can you can hurricane proof your house, your windows yeah. shatter, and but you can't. What are you going to do? You can't make it so that it's not going to be lifted right. up into the air. I mean, it's not right. going to happen. So that's why you need a storm shelter or a basement. Yeah. No, absolutely, and you have to know. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. These things can pop. You know, there's a warning area you can okay. see yeah. just like that. Yeah, and that's insane. Now. The only reference I have movie-wise and any any reference I have because I never lived in a tornado area myself oh. personally is things like, you know, the movies that always exaggerate a smidge, just just a yes. bit. Um, yes. <laughs> so some of the weirder ones that I've, that I've heard about, but I don't know if they're actually real, like the water spouts, yes. ones that come down in two cyclones right next to each other. Are those things yes. real or do those are just exaggerated for movies? No, they can definitely happen. That can definitely happen. Both of them. And, and, and of course, you know, on um, you can 
go and see multiple tornadoes out of one storm at one time out in the Great Plains, too. So that mm. is very possible. Is there one of those types, those really out there storms? I mean, obviously, you've seen the strongest. Some of those weird ones that are like, what do they call them, the jumpers or something right. like that, where it, it pops, it goes up, it pops, it goes up. Anything? Have you ever been able to brought, uh, really cover one of those types of storms? It's just like, what the th- heck is that thing doing? Yes, uh, that was pretty much the uh, April, the uh, not the April 27th, but the Easter Sunday one, because it literally had one tornado that was an EF4, and it plowed through South Mississippi for about 80 miles, and it stayed on the ground, and it was, I mean, it was a monster. That's insane. How long do they usually stay on the ground? I mean, typically. Uh, typically, the small ones, probably anywhere from three to five minutes. The bigger ones can last anywhere from uh, 30 minutes to an hour or longer, depending on how strong the atmosphere is. That's insane. So let me ask you this. In Hollywood, when they portray these storms, like the movie Twister and like right. – I think there was that one movie where it was the um, – it was um, with – it was like uh, the – it was like 2012 or something like that. I think it was. It was It was during that run when Hollywood was putting out like a disaster yeah. movie. Every year, oh, the day uh, after tomorrow was, had them too. But those are hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was an awesome movie. And then we had really that was. end of the storm. End of the storm was a good one. Which one of those, like, did you watch? And you're like, oh, this is garbage. You know that this is all Hollywood eyes and everything else. And which ones were like really close to truth? Uh, Twister was pretty much close to truth. Uh, I'm dead serious. Uh, and for the all cow, the right? Uh, yeah, the cow. But, <laughs> but other than that, uh, other than that one, everything is kind of CG made and all that. But Twister is 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 right up there. I mean, that that's really how you have to protect yourself from tornadoes, how they actually go about doing it, how they can tear up stuff. I mean, that was really well done. Now, have you chased storms yet? No. Is that a no. plan or you're just going to? Well, here's the thing. Uh, They tell people here in the South, uh, basically, if you are from the Mississippi River East, do not chase. Do not chase at all because of two things. Hills, trees. In the Great Plains, you can see for miles here in the South, in Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, it is hills and hollers and mountains. So in the mountains, of course, North Alabama, North Georgia. Uh, So you can put yourself in harm's way and not see a tornado until it's right on top of you. And then it's too late. So, no, I'm I'm not doing that. Now, if I want to, I will take a vacation and go out to Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas. uh, But I will not be chasing here in Alabama. It's interesting to know because it's definitely a big part of it. Then the, the terrain and visibility and and distance of how you can see in the warning levels because again you know you kind of think of it too if you're if you're doing the chasing thing which obviously you're not in alabama don't do it guys um you've been officially warned um you know you're driving down a road with trees and you know there's a storm in the area the the weather is perfect for a storm to come and it's literally gonna pop down right in front of you you can't there's nowhere to go you know you can back up but that you know that's not going to help you at the end of the day so it's it's kind of a it's definitely much very much a safety concern Um, and and i'll say this too and and here i'm getting a little weather technical here please Uh, but but, um the majority of the storms that produce tornadoes 
in the Great Plains are the low precipitation supercells, which means they don't have a lot of precipitation on the back side of them that will actually allow people to see the tornado coming. With us being here close to the Gulf of Mexico, we have what's called a high precipitation supercell, which may actually rain wrap the tornado so that you can't see it until it's like right on top of you. So it provides like a cloud, a cloud of rain almost. You think, oh, it's just a bad storm. And then all of a sudden, and then no, boom, there's a tornado in the middle of that rainstorm. Oh, my God. Yeah. That does make it. So that's another issue for us here in Alabama trying to chase. Nice. So you have all the all the world's information, but you are not allowed to physically go see it. Correct. Anyway. Correct. Very interesting. Wow. So you've got like three areas in three passions, at least at the moment, that you really could full on pursue. Right. Was there something in who you are, what you fell into that made you decide, OK, the sports one is the one I'm going to push on. I'm not really going to do the weather thing right now. I think the sports is the best way to go for me. Besides, you know, is that kind of between those two that can become a profession? Was there a decision right. point where you're like, which way do I go? Or really, was it always just going to be one? Uh, what was it? It was basically, I hate boring, sunny days. And we have a lot of those here in Alabama. And especially in the summertime, uh, there's no, you know, severe weather to talk about. There's no thunderstorm activity. It's basically uh, hot, 20% chance of rain, muggy. We'll see you in, in six months. Uh, so <laughs> I, I just, I thought, you know, that would get a little bit too boring for me. And sports, you know, you've got a little bit of everything. You've kind of got recruiting in the offseason. You've got spring ball. Then you got summer training. And then, boom, college football's right back. So that's pretty much the reason I switched to sports. Fair enough. Always something going on. That is that is that is a true statement there. But it's cool. You have options, right? Yes. I mean, and you yes. can dabble a little bit in everything and keep yourself busy in pa things you're passionate yes. about, which is and, very. Cool. And I'll tell you another thing too. Uh, not to get off on another subject, uh, but there is another hobby that I have that I absolutely love, and not many people do it. Uh, but it's actually starting to come back now. I actually am a vinyl record collector. So you're, you're a little bit of a trendsetter. Okay. I knew that was going to come back around eventually. <laughs> yes. And so a lot of my, a lot of the new stuff that I listen to, like the chili peppers, uh, you know, uh, I would say, uh, let me think, uh, Green Day, that kind of stuff I've got on vinyl. I don't own it on CD. I have it on vinyl because in my uh, entertainment spot, I actually have a record player where I can actually put up records and play them. There's something about the vinyl, right? It's just yes. something about it. And I don't think a lot of people appreciate it. Like everyone said, like CDs, it's like the purest form, like the purest sound. plays no. out all the background. But when you listen to something on a vinyl record, it, yes. it, it has more feel. I yes, think. and it actually sounds better. It sounds crisper and clearer on a record. Yeah, and it takes us back to our youth. For our younger listeners, vinyl yeah. is a record, yes. and it's what CDs used to look like. A CD is a way to play music that's not digital, unfortunately. Hey, My daughter came after the CD craze, okay? Right. So she doesn't even know about CDs. I showed her a right. record. And she's like, 
how did you guys walk around with these things? I'm like, oh, <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> you brought people back to your house to listen yeah. to your record collection. <laughs> yes. So, dude, I, I love records. I love collecting them. I love Godzilla. Obviously, I love sports. And I love the weather. So I've got a lot of things we can talk about. Renaissance. Is it's it's renaissance, renaissance indeed. <laughs> I will say there is near us um, a, a record store that is right. pretty much staying in business and doing very well for itself. Record player sales are back up again. So it's definitely something that's come back around as a, as a hobby. Um, again, the sound is amazing from them. I know that I had a record yeah. system when I was a kid growing up and we, we played that stuff all the time, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a lifestyle to become a record collector again, because right. it's a space, it's a playing it, it's a keeping care of it. It's, it's a yes. it's a big hobby to I take thought, on. I thought getting a record album because of the cover art on it was cool enough. All right. Yes. I remember one year for my birthday, somebody got me like Def Leppard Pyromania. Oh, like, that's awesome. Yeah, like the first run of them. And I had that, and I think my parents still have it. But like when you look at those things, like what what album speaks to you in your collection? Uh probably the Red Hot Chili Pepper Stadium Arcadium. Because uh, mm -hmm. there's every song on that vinyl I, lo I love. So I've probably got, let's see, I've got, I've got the one copy that I listen to right now that's starting to get the in it because I've played it so much. And then I've got a backup to, uh, you know, play and start it when that one runs out. Uh, but yeah, Stadium Arcadium is pretty good. Uh, but the first vinyl that I actually ever bought, bought on my own was uh, the Killers Hot Fuss album, and uh, it was a blue vinyl, so it's pretty cool. That's oh, impressive. That's cool. That is cool. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I, re I remember that Def Leppard album, and I remember the last album I bought before CDs took over, and I actually bought it at Kmart. It was on sale. Right. It was David Lee Roth, um, Just Like Living in Paradise. Yes. Oh, wow. And, and it was a 45. Right. So it was the smaller one. The really weird 45s. Yes. <laughs> Love them, but that was, and, those were so weird. And I'll tell you another one, too, uh, that's really hard to find. But if you can ever get your hands on them, they are worth a pretty penny. And that is the original release of Garth Brooks on vinyl. Uh, his first four albums before they went to CD was uh, placed on vinyl. And if you can ever get your hands on one of those, even if you're not a Garth Brooks fan, they will be worth a lot of money one day. Because that was right around the time when they were releasing them, 89, 90, 91, 92. They were phasing out the vinyl and going to cassette and then CD. Yes. I it's, a, it's, it's an interesting time period for those musicians too to kind of have yes. to switch formats like that so you right. definitely see how it's and and I, I will say and i i do have a little twang in me for for some country music and i do like garth is one yes. of the few that i mean and may he rest in peace kenny rogers was a classic for me i mean i grew yeah. up with kenny i mean there's the right. gambler and then there's thunder rolls right yeah yes. well yeah there's gambler thunder rolls um the song that's named after a girl. I can't remember the name of the 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 girl that the song was named after at the moment, but there was a whole bunch of them from that. There was one right. album back in the 80s, 70s, 80s, the right. best of. It's just I grew up on that. I don't know, yes. don't know where it came from, but I don't complain a minute for it. <laughs> um, 
Today's country is way too uh, mainstream and corny to me. I, I can't listen to it. It's just too, like, too blah. Yeah, it's it just sounds like it's almost pop music at this point. It's yes. just kind of middle of the road kind of blah. I like um, the storytelling right. of country music. I mean, you know, uh, the really only, telling story. The only guy that I like now uh, who has – gone from the 90s all the way through is i still like kenny chesney but as far as mm. jason aldean eric church i don't have yeah. anything for them yeah. uh but kenny chesney you know it's right up there but everybody else i kind of go back to the 90s country like toby keith travis yeah. Tritt, uh let's say mark chestnut uh clint black that kind of stuff that oh, yeah. is really my wheelhouse right there yeah oh yeah and that's it's good stuff because it's again storytelling yeah. it's like you know telling the stories of what they're like and not really being cheesy about it you know just yeah. being genuine Plus, it's, it's like you could put it on at any place and there's going to be people that enjoy that yeah. music right? oh yeah yeah it's very right. very likable so i think we'll, we we now we now already have enough material for four offshoot two nerds and a record uh two nerds and a godzilla <laughs> Uh, yeah. Two nerds in the weather, and two nerds in sports. We're we're ready to go with our with our family of podcasts here for a long time to come. Definitely, <laughs> let's do it. Hey, hey, if you want to come back on, man, we yeah. would love to have you back on. We're we're definitely looking forward to definitely having the Stingray come back and do even more with us. Oh, I got to say, thank you so much for sharing all of your passions with us today. Yes, this has been. You amazing journey um for our audience of course if you aren't watching us you missed seeing his amazing collection if you are watching thank you um oh, yes. please make sure you check out our podcast as well either way we're on youtube spotify apple wherever you see us that's where you will find this episode you'll find links below for uh the stingray show so we'll have that below so you can check him out and everything that he's doing over there um so please make sure you're following him as a fan of ours make sure you're a fan of his it's always a good thing to do please make sure you follow like and love us instagram pinterest twitter and all the others we're all over the place and we gotta say sir you have been an absolute delight but as everything does it does come to an end and like a good storm you've got to have something that makes you memorable ernie if you will please Peace out, everyone. Peace out, everybody. And we will talk to you guys next time. And that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to their YouTube channel.